Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Pod on Spotify. I'm Andy Ryan, Big Jim and Goody are with me as usual. We'll be looking back at all the action from round one of the Premiership. Then we'll take a look ahead to the start of the new United Rugby Championship this week. Plus, friend of the show, Freddie Burns, is joining us after his return to Leicester. So settle back, enjoy and make sure you have subscribed on Spotify. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. How are we, lads? How are you? How are you? How are you? No, how are you? Yeah, how the <laughs> devil are you, Andy Rowe? Because you look like you're absolutely fucked. Mate, missed my flight in Ibiza. I've got staples in my forehead. I've got a gash down the front of my leg. A massive bruise. I don't know how that got there. I've got cuts in my mouth. I've lost a tooth. <laughs> <laughs> and all of that is truth. It's it, Jet Goody, I know we've been having chats. Should we let the millions know? Because everyone thought, Andrew that we were meant to be in Ibiza this weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who anyone who watched the rugby would know that you weren't there. But for me, I've been IMO. What's it called when you, you're under the radar? What's it called? MIA? MIA, missing an action. I, yeah, missing I, action. I've been MMA. I've been MMA this weekend. <laughs> I have been in Ibiza. I was there for two days and cut my trip short. Shall I tell the millions of people why? Far away, Jim. Far away. Well, set, set the scene, Jim. Basically, uh, we we're all supposed to go. I had a load of work come in sort of middle of last week, so uh, I had to pull out. And I, I feel like I let you down. But then, ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this story, I'm fucking glad I didn't go, boys. I am very glad I did not go. All I know is, all I know is, is I've turned up on Thursday. I've gone via Turkey, Alicante, and I've landed in Ibiza about midday. I've been up since three in the morning. I land, and Beck, my wife, says to me, she said, who's there then? I'm like, no one. I don't know why <laughs> no one's there. Apparently, they're all getting there Friday, apart from Andy Rose coming in Thursday. And you could South Andrew is meant to come in on Friday, who never came on Friday. Anyway, let's just cut to the chase, right? I've been there Thursday all day waiting for Andy Rowe. We've gone out for a beer or two. No word of a lie, listeners and viewers. I saved a fucking life on the streets of Ibiza. I saved a man's life. It's true. Not any man's life. Andy Rowe's life. Jeez. I will rewind to the, what happened, but I had my fingers in his mouth. <laughs> There's blood all over me. It is a scene out of the movie Platoon. I am taking a fellow human off the front line <laughs> <laughs> on the streets of Ibiza. I mean, it will it'd be, it'd be Andy Rowe won't remember all this, but as this is happening, right, you're thinking the people of Ibiza help. 
There is a there is a wounded soldier here on the floor. I'm dragging him like platoon, <laughs> a dead weight, trying to get him off the front line. <laughs> Some black guy is offering me a bandana <laughs> and weed. Weed. I don't know what weed is or what he means in that sense. I don't know if that helps. I'm asking for an ambulance. I don't know whether it's 999. I don't know whether it's 911. I don't know whether it's 6969 to call an ambulance, but I couldn't call one. Andy Rowe has fainted what? in front of me. He's, he's at the deck, lads. He's at the deck. Heat stroke, exhaustion, stress. I don't know. It, it all got too much for me. Jeez, go on. So first day of your stag, a few yeah. beers with Jim responsibly. Mm-hmm. Jim's obviously pushing the pace and then he's picking you off the pavement. I don't know what happened. I think it might have been heat stroke. But yeah, there was heat blood stroke. everywhere. Staples in my face now. I, yeah. But yeah, if Jim wasn't there... I don't know what, what would happen. You're dead. I would have been, yeah, still, well, I'm, I'm still in my paper. But I'm all over the place. <laughs> Andrew, humbly, I saved the life and I couldn't stay there. I couldn't stay there much longer. I just had to get back and hug my kids and hug my wife. <laughs> and I left Andy Rowe there and, well, he said it himself. He's still there now. <laughs> there's two on the pavement, there's blood on my shoes and, uh, I don't know what I don't know what I, I don't know Andy Rowe. I don't know what I need or I want from you right now, but you owe me something. I don't know what it is, but your welcome is all I'm going to say. The wedding's still going ahead, and if you could get back from Ibiza, that is. Uh, were they new shoes, Jim? Were they the white crocodile skin ones that you wore with Dino that time to the disciplinary hearing? Well, I mean, elaborate. Straight black boots with a steel toe cap in case it kicks off in Ibiza. That's what that, I mean, <laughs> that's all I had on. And my one memory is me dragging Andy Rowe like a scene out of Platoon down the street and some guy asking me if I want a bracelet, a bandana or weed. That was it. <laughs> I was like, I've got a dead human in my arms. But it was scary. It was a bloody scary 24 hours. And if I haven't had the experiences of war like I have in my life... Um, <laughs> Yeah. And Scrappy doing the Marbella with the Kovskins, then another man might have been flawed. I might have fainted. But Andy wrote, I'm glad you're all right. Get home safely and let's get through this podcast admirably and talk about all the rugby that you've been watching whilst you've been there. <laughs> yeah, not, not a whole lot. We don't have any bracelets to sell you, but we do have a few people that have been asking for Rugby Pod Stash. We've got a new range of T-shirts uh, that have come on to the website 80.club forward slash rugby pod. You can also check it out on our social media channels as well. There's the Muller to the car sheds and back for the forwards and tip of the slipper for the backs, as well as the crowd favourite pod, 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 rugby pods. So make sure you go and get yourself sorted out with that. Premiership. Oh, hold on a minute, Andy Rowe. Before we go, I mean, I just love the way you've... Just fast forwarded through everything, and you basically deny, deny, reaccuse, blame someone else. Jackie, your missus, must be absolutely raging. And you're all you're keen to do is get on with talking Premiership rugby. The masses want more, mate. The millions want more. Goody, let's just talk though about how we spoke about the merchandise. If we sell one T-shirt <laughs> the back of, of the back of your advertisement, mate, I will eat three T-shirts, three for one, three for one. If that ain't selling a T-shirt, I don't know what fucking is. <laughs> I'm sure everyone, every listener out there, can appreciate Andy Rowe is in an absolute hole trying to do a podcast today. We've all been there, so he nearly died. Jim saved his life. He's had three more days in Ibiza. He's missed his flight. He just wants to get this through. And done as quickly as possible. Can we talk about the premiership now? Goody. Let's go. Goody, you were up north, northeast, the start of Harlequin's defence of their title. You predicted that they'd finish as low as seventh. How'd they get on? 
Well, I actually started off on Saturday. I was at Leicester against Exeter on Saturday, hosting up there. But we'll, we'll come back to that because that was an unbelievable performance. But yeah, Quinns. I mean, they're champions. A champion team rocks up day one and goes up to Newcastle and wins. And they did. Quite an exciting game, actually. Not because of the sheer quality rugby that was on show. Loads of turnovers, loads of exciting runners. I thought Tommaso Allen stepped into Marcus Smith's shoes really well. He doesn't like being called Tommaso, so we're going to call him Tommaso on this podcast. Tommy Allen. Apparently, he's told us that all he, that's that's what he wants to be known as. So Tommy Allen was on fire for Quinns. Danny Kerr pulled the strings, took an intercept himself. His little legs couldn't get him all the way to the line. And then a forward passes it over the top and uh, it's a forward pass. But then he gave an intercept to Newcastle as well. But he played really well in attack, just really shifting the point of focus. And Newcastle had their chances. Adam Radwan, my God, he was phenomenal for Falcons. Obviously, he got three tries on debut for England against Canada in the summer. And then he's comfortably... And I've seen a lot of Premiership flyers. He's the fastest on two legs in the Premiership, easily, I reckon. He rinsed Johnny May last year for a try up there at Newcastle. You know, Lewis Rees-Samet actually would have a good ding with him. But yeah, I mean, Stevens on the wing was outstanding as well for Newcastle. He had a chance to really pull them back in it and should have probably scored himself or given a 2v1 to score. And Newcastle has a lot of positives. A very young back line. Carl Ferns was... There, he was just going around trying to bang boys. His nose is halfway across his face, probably from that piss-up that he mentioned when he first rocked up at Newcastle last year, In this, if you remember that one from back in the podcast. But yeah, Quinns play well. Uh, they've got quality. You don't win the Premiership by fluke, although it was a bit of a surprise to a lot of people. They've got Lewis Lyon as a brilliant player. Tommy Allen stepped in for Marcus Smith as a new sign-in, had a dream debut. Esther Hazen's a big old boy and... Yeah, they've got some they've got some qualities about them. Do I still think they'll finish seventh? Uh, maybe they'll finish sixth now. But they were uh, they got away with a victory, got a bonus point. If they can improve their defence, they they're going to be a, a team to be reckoned with because they've got the, all the attacking intent in the world. But my point is this year there's a lot of teams that have improved hugely over the summer in terms of their squad depth and quality. And um, yeah, I still think Quinns will finish in outside the top four. In the top two from last season, Bristol and Exeter. Bottom two after round one. Did either of you see that coming? Well, I watched the Bristol Saracens game with one eye on Friday, still in Ibiza. I don't know how I got it there, actually, but I did. I don't know whether I'm going to get deplatformed now for saying that. Who knows? But I, I got it there. I don't know. I was watching it. Who goes to Ibiza and watches the Ruggers? Well, I, I tell you, I was in shock. I was under the quilts. <laughs> I was desperate to get home. And um, I'd had a good day at the beach. I'd, I'd, I'd saved Andy Rowe's life and we'd had a good few beers at the beach. And then it was just all out ruggers. I just wanted to get home and back to work, Andrew. And that <laughs> I did. Again, I took a bit of shit last week. I know the rugby pod have been putting out a few memes across their platforms about some of the ridiculous stuff that I've said. One of them being, or two of them being, that I didn't think Exeter or Bristol would make the top four. I'm not saying that I told you so after week one, but my word, Sarri's absolutely dominated Bristol's. Now, we love Bristol's on it. We've had loads of the lads on from Bristol. We've had Pat Lamb. We love him. Everything that they stand for. Again, I questioned Saracens last week. With a team that I feel is in transition, how are they going to go this season? Now, there was a lot of young lads playing in the game. Lazowski at 10, who we had on at the back end of the season after the Montpellier final. And him coming back to Saracens. On paper... They look like a brand new team. And you're thinking, hopefully it'll be close to Sarri's. Likelihood is Ashton Gate, Bristol's first game, even without Semi Radrandra, they're going to win. Absolutely dominated. 
all facets of the game. And this is the thing around rugby and around the foundations of rugby. And it's been great to see the evolution of Quinns and Bristol and loads of the games that we saw at the back end of the season. But unfortunately for the haters who didn't think that was a good game and didn't like some of the games at the weekend, defence and kicking game, which Saracens are built on, which they were built on four or five years ago, six years ago, it's probably seven years ago now, God, since I retired, I can't even think if it was like yesterday. It was built on what was perceived as a boring foundation. It's actually what they've gone back to in terms of start of the prem, keep it simple, get the kicking game spot on whoever you've got in there. No Wigglesworth, no Farrell and... That's what it was built on and that's how they played. And there was a couple of wicked touches by Lazowski. I don't know if people know, I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast, but any new listeners, he was in the Football Academy for Chelsea or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, he was, he was, yeah. I mean, that kick, that kick that went through. Again, it's Class. another kick. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. another kick uh, on yeah. top of, you know, a hundred loads of other kicks that we saw in the game. So they were saying in commentary, oh, there's another kick, there's another kick. But that's what Saracens do best. And Bristol tried to play that similar game they didn't chance their arm, but Saracens were so good in defence. And I think it's a massive win in week one at Ashtagate. The season's not over for Bristol. I don't know when Semi Ranrander is back, but he is the best player for me, if not in the top three, the, the best player in the world. And we saw that last season. So a, a huge win for Saracens. Uh, and they've still got their stars to come back in in a few weeks. Yeah, it was massive. And I was really impressed with Alad Davis as well at nine. His box kicking was quality. Because to fit into the Saracens' way... You are going to add some of your own strengths and he's an exciting young nine, but he's also a guy that seamlessly fitted in. His box kicking was on point. Lozowski was unbelievable. Tompkins was brilliant as well, I thought. Um, and then some of the old stages, Ben Earl and Jackson Ray. Ben Earl, going back to his old club, got absolutely done by Charles Piotr at one point. Um, <laughs> to, the, to the point of, I think his soul left his body as he got stepped and rinsed by. Would you rather um, be run over by a 15 or that happened to you? I've had it both. I've had, but I've had it both. The Georgian fifteen sat me down, and the winger ones. Yeah, I think I think you'd rather just get stepped because you just applaud. Whereas if a fullback runs over a back rower and just sits you down, then it's a it's more of a man test, isn't it? So, yeah, listen, Saris were good, and when you start listing some of the players that have got to come back, Farrell, Good, you know, obviously Mako Vanapola, Jamie George, Elliot Daly, Mara Toji, the list is pretty phenomenal. So. Saracens are going to be in a good place. I predict them to be in the top four. Alex Zoski played 10, played unbelievably well. And I'm just going to say to all the Saracens fans out there, you are absolutely welcome. Two reasons. One, he was coming through at Wasps when I was towards the end of my career and I took him under my wing and I said, Shag, don't do what I do. You're way better than that. Upskill yourself and look how good he is now. And the second thing is he phoned me up because we had a, a good relationship. He phoned me up when he was talking to a few other clubs and he said, what do I do, Andy? I said, who, who, who are you talking to? He said, Saracens. I said, mate, sign there tomorrow. So you're welcome, Saracens fans. I do do good things for that club sometimes. Not very often, but sometimes. And the big chat will be around Lutowski without going on about Saracens too much is whether or not he can take the next step, whatever that looks like. And for him, at Saracens, before he left to go to Montpellier, he was playing in the centre. I think, was he yeah. playing a bit of 15 as well? 13, like, yeah, 13 wing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know what his best position is. I mean, with Farrell coming back, could it be a 10-12? You know, we had the chat with uh, Finn last week. I don't know. It, for me, it's whether Alex Ozowski can, can take the next step. And we saw what he did at Montpellier. I was questioning when I was at Saracens. I knew he was an international, but there's an international and then there's 
63 caps for Scotland international. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think he's got an opportunity to, to to find a position in that England team. It's just a matter of where. And Lister saw off the Chiefs quite comfortably in the end, didn't they? Yeah, they did. It was a proper Leicester performance with, you know, a lot of power. I mean, Joe Simmons, how are you? When Nandolo's just ran over him, I mean, that poor bugger sees a 25-stone unit come in quick as you like, runs over him. Leicester, are, they're a proper, well-balanced team, I think. Yeah, you've got Harry Potter on one wing, the magician. Nandolo on the other. You've got the grunt up front again, which was you know interspersed with some youth up there. George Martin, banging boys for fun. As we said that about him last year, didn't we, Jim? Ben Youngs was on form. George Ford was excellent. You know, taking it to the line. He's brilliant at that. When he's on the front foot, there isn't many better fly halves. So, you know, they've got a lot of good young players, some older boys and some proper hard boys. And they've still, like Saracens, like we talked about, they've still got a lot of boys to come back as well. So you go Jasper Visa, Van Staden. They had a, a fair few injuries as well. They've got another winger, Goody, coming through. And you have to excuse me because I don't know his name, but he's a Japanese Tongan. And I was chatting to Deeks about him and he said he is phenomenal. Really? He said he's one of the hardest grafting players he's ever seen. And this is no disrespect to Tongans or South Sea Islands, but we do know that when they're out of contract, they're usually 60% better than yeah. when, they're, when they're not, which means they're still 100% better than everyone else. But he just, yeah, so, so that's what I mean. The balance that they've got, Goody. And again, you know, we spoke about Leicester, I mean, two, three years ago. I mean, I don't know how long ago it was now. We were just sat here, you know, we we're talking about the relegation. Yeah. And then I put a tweet out at the weekend saying, I think Leicester will win today. You know, extra missing players. But then you've just gone through it there. But they're missing players as well. I think this is going to be a hell of a season for them. They're lacking in a couple of positions. Shall I tell you which ones I think? Go on, James. Oh, I don't know whether I should because I feel like if I do go there again, no one will speak to me again. Tight head. Why are you being horrible, mate? Joe Hayes after Coley. And Joe Hayes wasn't even involved at the weekend. Yeah, Joe Hayes is obviously a quality player coming through. Coley played well. Coley played well. Coley, yeah. Mate, Coley's... It must be out of contract. He's <laughs> <No. laughs> 34. Mate, it's a quality player. But, it, you know, you, you need a proper title. They've got Genji. They've got a couple of... Modoya, uh, some really good um, hookers. Second row's another one. They obviously lost Thomas Lavanini. Not that he did much in the shirt. But I think yeah. Callum Green's a good player. Harry Wells has really stepped up. But I think they need another second row. The back row's sorted. They're all South African. Scrum half as well. They're well equipped in that position as well. And... I think they just need a couple of other forwards to really... I mean, Premiership's one thing, Europe's another. We don't want to get carried away with it. But the young lads they've got coming through as well, Dan Kelly in the centre, Freddie Stewart, who we had on as well, fantastic. So love the look of that team. And from a selfish and personal point of view, Andrew, you know, two Leicester greats just sat here just chewing the fat about how they played against Exeter. But um, for rugby, in that sense, of having a, a quality Leicester team, I think they're, they're still the most followed team. You know, if the game's on TV or whatever, or there's something that lies behind the analytics of that, that they're one of the most well-supported teams in Europe still. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's great to see it. Being at Welford Road and seeing all the fans back and the cheer that goes round and the actual noise that the fans make, it's proper noise as well. It's not just a bit of fake crowd noise that we've had on in the stadiums over the last 18 months. But yeah, I'll be up and down there quite a bit this year at the games. I'll be in the corporate hospitality areas, James. Doing a bit of work. Um, so, yeah, it's you know it's great to see Leicester back and the place bouncing because the fans are back. The team started on the front foot and hopefully it will continue. Worried about Exeter, Andrew, quickly or not? I mean, I'm again, the big headline comments are all over 
social media, they weren't really, was the Bristol and the Exeter thing. Do you think Exeter have got enough when you look at it and who they've got to come back in? Yes. You, know, you, you do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, you go, God. when you go Stuart Hogg, Sam Simmons, you know, Luke Karansicki, you, know, you start naming a few of them. Harry Williams didn't play at the weekend. There, there's plenty of depth. Johnny Exeter. Gray, Johnny Hill. Mate, actually, God, what am I talking John, about? <laughs> yeah. The Exeter team was... Missing a, a you know similar sort of quality of players as what we spoke about Saracens. The thing is, they've walked into a Leicester team who were bang on form. You know, I don't think Leicester had any British and Irish Lions for the first time in God knows how long. And you know, Leicester were primed, so it's great for Leicester. Don't worry about Exeter, pal. They'll be um, they'll be top four. Well, speaking of the Tigers, we can have a chat now with the man who made his return for the club at the weekend. Freddie Burns joins us. How are you, mate? Hey lads, all right? Yeah, I'm good. I've got a bit of mascara under my eye, but other than that, I'm all right. Freddie, we'll come on to that. We tried to get George Ford to come on. He weren't keen, so we, we had to get you this time again. Mate, hey, that's, that's my new role, mate. No, it's nothing to do with your role. It's more to do with, I don't think he likes us. It'd be great to have George Ford on at some point. Hey, if you win the Prem this season, you never know. He might give us a gift before, if the rumours are true, that he moves on. So, Has he ever mentioned the rugby pod? Because what last I don't know if you know this, Freddie. I don't know if you were there, but when I went back to Leicester, you've got to think. Like I was vice captain of the club. I was captain of the A team there, <laughs> and we did a documentary for we we did a documentary for Rugby Pass. And I've walked in. I thought, you know, the gates were going to be open. Jim, how are you? Like the training ground's yours. Some of the looks I was getting off some of the boys. Coley, Youngsy called me out for talking crap on this podcast, and. Maybe, yeah, maybe a few of them are like that. Do they mention the, the podcast or not? Uh, mate, not, really, not, not that I know of, mate. Not at the minute. Not everyone in, then, everyone then. Everyone is. No, no, wait, wait. What I mean to say is not in, not in bad terms, mate. That's all I know. Um, it's just that, you know what it's like? It's still a very old school club, mate. Still quite a few boys with a very old school mentality. But like um, like Jim, Jim, I remember when you used to roast me for being on social media, mate. And now look at you. Do you know what I mean? People realise that after <laughs> yes. your career... You need social media to try and keep you relevant, mate. And everyone's everyone's hopping on it. Going back to the Leicester thing, imagine getting Steve Borthwick and George Ford on the podcast. I mean, how dry would that be? But Freddie, how good is it to be back at Leicester? You've obviously fitted in pretty seamlessly, I, I can imagine. You know, seeing all the social media posts that you do put up, it's probably about 100 a day. Pictures of you in the in the gym with the guns out, you know, training hard, pulling faces while you're passing a long ball. How's it been, mate? You must be very happy to be back. You've had a tough... A great and a tough kind of two years, really, haven't you? In in terms of when we spoke around how things were in Japan, you enjoyed the rugby, but geez, it was hard living there because of the lockdowns and everything. How are you? You must be happy to be back, mate. I'm buzzing to be back, um, and I think I think the thing with Japan and what it taught me, without getting too philosophical and all that, mate, it just taught me to probably put my ego to one side a bit and how sort of being in the Premiership and playing like it taught it taught me that I'm still very competitive. And then obviously we spoke about it before, but when the when the call come from Steve, we were able to have a, a pretty honest conversation about my role in the team. So man, I'm competitive. I want to start as many games as I can, but I also understand that that my value in this team will probably come a little bit later on in the season when when you know potentially 40s away with England and we lose a few boys. So you know at the weekend in the past I'd probably be fuming only playing sort of 10 minutes when the game was kind of won, but. Right now, I'm, I'm staying patient. I've got trust in the coaches because the conversations that we've had have been pretty open and honest. And yeah, mate, I'm just loving being back. I'll take what minutes I get at the moment. And when I do get an opportunity, I'll take it. So I'm just enjoying having the, taking the pressure off myself, mate. 
not trying to force anything and just and just enjoying it. But the atmosphere is good. It's a very hard working atmosphere, as you boys would have heard under under Steve. But um, there's a purpose to everything we do. So uh, I'm loving it, mate. And to be back at Welford Road with the um, with the crowd there on on Saturday, you know, beating the Chiefs team quite convincingly as well was, was a great start to the season. Yeah, look, class. Uh, Freddie, what's Steve like then in terms of the chats that you've had? Because when I look at Steve Borthwick, it's twofold. And I know what he was like as a player at Saracens, uh, having watched him, having played against him loads, what he's done in coaching with England, the Lions, you know, Bathur after him, Bristol. I think he signed for Bristol, however it all kind of unfolded. But you look at the way that he coaches and you look at the way, and I know how he coaches because I've got people on the inside and he's obviously done a fantastic job. You look at the way he speaks with the media, it's obviously something that he's probably not a huge fan of. Then you look at players like yourself, put yourself out there, you like a laugh. But also with him making Genji captain and the way that Genji is, both as a character, you know, he does another podcast, he's on social media, them kind of things. So it's almost like he's brought a bit of the old school. He is old school, but he understands that you need characters like yourself. And the, the guys mentioned it on commentary, not just what you do on the pitch, but what you do off the pitch as well. But also having the balls to make someone like Genji captain as well in the front row, which is a little bit unheard of as having a front row captain, but also the way that Genji is and the fact that he's out there in the media as well. Yeah, I think I think with Steve, one thing that I found fascinating is, he is, he is who he is, and he's probably very similar to how he was when you played with him, Jim, in terms of very intense, you know, he's a, he's a serious bloke, man. He's, he's a DOI and he needs to get results. But at the same time, he's very aware of, not his downfalls, but areas that, so he, he's aware that he's not, maybe just like a, a happy kind of just sort of bouncing around the place kind of guy. But you then end up having Ali Waters, who is the, the Springbok conditioning coach. And he kind of brings that, that energy, that fun side of things, you know, similar. So he's very aware of, of the personalities within the team and how you need a sort of collective bit of everything. So again, like with, with Genji being captain, Genji captain, because the way he goes about his business is is very tigers like, and the fact that he's confrontational, um, he's grown so much even in the time that uh, when he first arrived when I was there to, to now he's he's developed into a top international um, player. But then Gedge will be the captain, but there's other guys in the squad that, that have their roles. You know, I, I know my role in the squad is like I said from a player point of view to, to to play, but also around the places to try and bring a bit of energy and and stuff like that. And again with the coaches that you know you've got. Rich Wigglesworth doing a little bit. You've got Smithy, you've got Deech, you've got Kev Simfield. They're all they're all different personalities bringing their own different traits in. So as much as Steve is who he is, he's very aware of, of what, what he lacks in certain other aspects. And that's what he's brought in and got around him. So, you know, they say about delegation is a great, great sign of leadership. And I think Steve's done that pretty well. You mentioned someone then that's, uh, you know, a massive name in, in the rugby league world, but now making his way in rugby union as well. Kevin Simfield. Love the bloke. Yeah, has obviously come over to Leicester Tigers as coach now after doing seven marathons in seven days. I mean, I couldn't do one marathon in about three years, but um, I mean, what a bloke he is for doing that for MND and raising the awareness and money that he did. But just, I want to delve into the psyche of him as a coach because the game is very different league to union, but there are some similar traits as well. And People are holding him in such a high regard as a coach. Um, I really want to know about what, what he's like day to day and, and what's his knowledge like in terms of running an attack. First things first, I think when someone like Kev comes in, obviously he's a legend of, of Lee, but also uh, he's a fucking good bloke, mate. Like you see what he's been doing with, with Rob Burrows and, and stuff like that. And 
Um, mate, do you know as well, he ran those mar- every marathon he did under four hours. Crazy. That is, mate, it would take me about five to do one, I reckon. But anyway, <laughs> but no, he's, he's come in and, and again, he's very, very aware that he's, that he's very knowledgeable that, you know, he's implementing his, his side of things, but he's very aware that he's, he's still learning a little bit as well. And because of that, um, we're lucky we've got such an experienced squad and players that have gone and done stuff that he's, he's, he's asking for sort of a bit of advice. He's got his philosophy, but he's, he's welcome to have discussions. And I think that's one thing that you want as a player is a coach who, yeah, has the courage of convictions, which, which Kev does, but is also able to open a conversation and have discussions around other, other areas, which he's, which he's doing great, mate. But no, he's been a, he's been a breath of fresh air, top bloke. And in defence, it's all about buying in there. If your defensive coach is a good bloke, and the boys around you, you're tight with, then then you'll go to war. If you don't really buy in, then you got no chance. And then that's what what Kev's bought. And I think you've seen it on the weekend, mate. The tackles the boys put in, some of the hits on those cheese boys. You know you've got to be physical, and everyone stepped up. So you just got to keep backing it up. So structurally, then, what are the which sort of coach has which area to look after? Because you know Kev Sinfield, you're saying he's defence coach there. I'm sure he's got plays you know, at the line and attacking plays that he, he wants to implement as well. But his role is purely just defence. Who's running the attack these days? Yeah, well, they all, they all sort of chip in. Obviously, you've got Smithy running the attack. Rich Wigglesworth has obviously come in, sort of player coach now as well. And it's a real, you know, and also you know, you've, got, you've got Fordy, you've got myself, you've got Ben Youngs, you've got Matt Scott, you've got Nandolo. You've got, you, know, there's, you look across the squad, there's plenty of experience there that, that know how to attack and run a game. So it is a real collective effort. And that's one thing that I've found... Uh, most refreshing at, at Leicester, and you know, I don't want to talk ill of, of former clubs. I'm kind of done done with that kind of thing now. But you know, at clubs I've been at in the past, Bath, it was almost everyone kind of looking after themselves, mate. Whereas here, there's a real collective to like. You no, know, so for instance, if if Smithy's got an idea about the attack, he won't go to like just forty, and then I have to try and hear it secondhand from someone. There'll be a mini meeting called we'll get in and we'll get everyone's opinion. That includes someone like a young lad like Dan Lancaster who's just come in. So there is a real, everyone's trying to just get the best out of each other because we realise our roles in the team and, and the effort it's going to take. So, you know, it's, it's working well so far. Obviously, it's all good when you come out of pre-season and you win the first game of the season. There's still however many premiership games left. So it'll be interesting what happens if we, if we lose a couple. But right now, that the cohesiveness and sort of tightness of the group to develop and get better is is some of the best I've, I've been involved in. I put a tweet out before the game, don't know if you saw it, that I thought Leicester would beat extra at the weekend. You obviously did comfortably. Now, we all know what the Leicester old school DNA is. Borthers has brought that in. The club's been stripped out, let's be honest. From top to bottom, it's been stripped out and it needed to happen. We all know that. You've obviously gone away, you've come back in. The thing that impresses me most is I'm listening to stuff happening on the pitch. I'm listening to interviews after we had Freddie Stewart on here as well. I'm hearing the Leicester, the Leicester twang of some of the players. So there's a real kind of not just going back to the driving malls, which we saw, the set piece, which looks great. The physicality is there seems to be a heartbeat now of young Leicester lads coming through. And again, having been there and we did a documentary on the academy, they won it two or three years in a row. The quality coming through, just a, a few lines on guys like George Martin, Freddie Stewart, you know, uh, John Hayes, and, and, and these players coming through. Are they going to go all the way? Because again, I tweeted about Freddie Stewart thinking that he's going to go all the way with England, but I thought he was class at the weekend. I couldn't agree more. Like, I think sometimes, 
remember chatting to my little brother last week and I sort of, he said, oh, what's the team? So I sort of texted him the team through and he did say, I said, Fuck, no, not, you don't, they're not, they're not like household rugby names yet. You don't really know much of them. And then yet you flip the TV on on Saturday and you watch that game. George Martin, I've never seen a guy hit like him at the weekend. Like he was And just, low as well. And yeah. low. And like, and then for your Freddie Stewart, I know he got capped in the, in the summer. And I know George has been around the England setup as well. But like, these young lads, Dan Kelly at 12. So there's, mm-hmm. there's a real balance at the minute of like youth and experience. I know it's the old cliche, but, but there is. And these boys are coming through. And, you know, I'm sat on the bench at the weekend and I'm there going, right, I'm, I'm probably covering 10 and 15. And I'm sat there and it, the game's going on and it was sort of, you know, we weren't sort of clear till that last sort of try. And I'm thinking, I can't come on here because you know, at the minute, because 40's going well. And then Freddie Stewart under the high ball, mate, was just, Phenomenal. Item. So yeah. there is like this real young, young balance. And yeah, just the balance of the squad and stuff seems great. But those young boys coming through and like say, like Joe Hayes wasn't even involved at the weekend. You know, you see, you see guys like that, just that, that aren't playing. And you suddenly realise that the strength and depth in this squad now is, is, is looking good. And like you say, when you've got a heartbeat of young local boys that have come through the academy, it, it only ups the, the sort of drive and commitment, really. I called him John. You did call him, you call him John. John. Yeah, you did. John. <laughs> John Hayes is a bit different. He's a big Irish prop, Jim. That's fine. Yeah. Let's talk about the match day then, because uh, ultimately, you know, getting the fans back at Welford Road, I was up there. It was absolutely bouncing. And, you know, a couple of questions, really. Firstly, you're on the bench. Is the old tradition of the youngest kid on the bench gets the sweets in? Is that still going strong? Well, there was sweets. I'm not sure we bought them, but there were sweets. At, yeah, there were sweets around. So I'm not Good. sure if... I'm not sure the young boys even buy them anymore, mate. Like, they get it easy now, Gooby. I remember Did having they? the Olivia Zams jock strap chucked in my head and I had to go and put them in, wash it. Jim, were you in Edinburgh? Eat it. Edinburgh. Yeah, it had nothing to do with me, but I think I made you eat it. But I... <laughs> get out. Get out from training, go to lie down. I just get Olivia Zams dirty jock strap and I'm told to go and find some detergent or whatever in a laundrette and wash everyone's kit. And then secondly, just the cheer when you came on was phenomenal, wasn't it? And, you know, it was... It, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up when that goes up because it obviously means a lot for the fans to see you back and you know I know how happy you are back there as well you must have had a bit of a buzz from that oh definitely mate and I think um, I was pretty happy in Japan obviously it was tough with COVID and stuff like that but when I was deciding when my agent called me up and said oh what, what are you thinking next year I was like look I'll, I'll, the only way I'll come back is if it's either Leicester or probably Gloucester do you know what I mean I, I wouldn't want to go to maybe like another premiership club and start again I'd want to and then when Steve was involved, the fact that I have that relationship with the supporters was just a huge, a huge pull for me, mate. And, you know, it is nice. You know, you get on, yeah, good cheer and stuff. Obviously, I would have liked to have come on with a little bit more in the game and you sort of come on. It's not really a rugby match because they're just running from everywhere and you're sort of just being up. But now we're lucky at Tigers with the, with the quality supporters. So to have that relationship was great. And hopefully, like I say, as the season goes on, we can just play better and better and, and we'll get more bums on seats. And finally, Freddie, post-match, is it the old school haunts again? Were you out in Leicester? The monster, was he around? Uh, no, actually, mate, I'll tell you what, at the minute, right, Goody, I've got to be honest, I can't wait for a night out in Terrace, mate. Right? <laughs> the Terrace is the only place to go, right? Exactly. But the problem is, oh, I'm obviously platinum lace after, but that's, that's not <laughs> Anyway, I don't, don't have a dance, by the way. I just sit in the bar because it's the only place that stays open late, all right? There you go. 
Freddie, um, all I remember about them places were is that because we used to scrap in the terrace, nowhere else would let us in. <laughs> As young lads, you used to have a mass brawl in there. Deeks is normally front in there. And then nowhere else would let, it, let us in. They'd radio, it, radio into all the other nightclubs and bars. Double 99, don't let the lads in. And that was it. I remember doing an end of season fancy dress. I went as Freddie Mercury from Break Free. So I'm in the pink top, leather skirt, fishnet tights. And I wore flat trainers. And I went to get in the terrace and the bouncer stopped me. The only reason he stopped me goes, oh, you can't come in, you're wearing trainers. I said, oh, so I ain't the fucking fishnet tights and leather skirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, no, mate, I've not had an eye out. And I, just to go back, because at the minute it's so hard because obviously we still test for COVID. And as much as the majority of the squad now are double jacked, if you still get it, there's a chance that like you have to shut training down or can't play games and stuff like that. So it's all, you don't want to be the guy who's responsible for, for shutting training down or missing a game now because what was it a five point straight away or something like that so, yeah. so like there's that balance of like I enjoy a few drinks still but at the minute I'm just sort of erring on the side of caution um, but hey I still have a couple we went out with mum and dad got her steaming got mum on the red wine and then I bought myself a sauna boys like a one person sauna I've seen this yeah sweating out I love I love mum and it pissed up and she was panicking quite the heat up <laughs> <laughs> fucking fast. Freddie, oh, talking lovely. of drinks, talking of drinking and red wine, have you noticed anything different about and Eyeball Paul, aka Andy Rowe, on the call or not? He ain't said a word. He's looking there. His eyes are going left to right. He's in our beef, really. Yeah, I'm still in our I was going to say something. Listen to the podcast back and listen to what happened on day one where I've right. saved Andy Rowe. It's like a scene out of Platoon on the streets of Ibiza. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Andy, where have you been so far? Have you been anywhere decent or not? Hell, hell, <laughs> hell. Hospital. <laughs> Hospital. Hospital, the concrete. Oh, no. I tell you what, how long are you there for? Get a photo. If you could send me a photo with Wayne Lineker, that would be great, please. Just like in Ocean Beach. Yeah, we did. We did uh, Ocean Beach on Saturday. I'm not going back either. <laughs> <laughs> Get me on the plane yes. home. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. All right, Freddie. Well, best of luck for the rest of the season, mate. Thanks very much Cheers, for coming boys. on the show. Great to see you and look after that eyeball. Cheers, lads. Speak to you Good man, Freddie. Cheers, Cheers Freddie. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah, boys. Cheers, Bye. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Top, Top lad. Yeah. He really is, isn't he? He really is. Great to see him back. And honestly, the cheer at Welford Road on Saturday when he came on was, it was phenomenal. He is a fan's favourite there and it's great to see him back. He's happy. He wants to get out and smash a bit more. But um, it's actually quite refreshing to hear 
him say he knows his place, he understands his position, because he's going to have a massive impact on that team this year. And he's going to be frustrated when Ford plays. You know, he only got 10 minutes, but he's, he's really matured as a bloke, hasn't he, as well, and understanding where he's at. And honesty from coaches, very hard to find, isn't it, James? And clearly, there's been a lot of honest conversations, and he is doing, and he will do, a hell of a job for that club again. He will. It's good to see him. 31 years old. He means business now. He's, oh, I wouldn't say he's on his last hurrah, but it'd be good to see him do something at Leicester. Again, just talking about Leicester, well impressed with them at the weekend. Yeah. Let's round up the rest of the Premiership action now. Then, Jim, you said last week that Worcester would finish bottom and you'd eat your Timberland boots if they finished in the top six. Any concerns after they beat London Irish? Yes. <laughs> Start marinating those boots, Jim. I don't really know what to say. I only saw the highlights of the game. It was a good day for Worcester. Look, look. I, like I said, I, I mentioned last week, out of all the teams, Worcester have recruited the highlights, I'd say, both from the backroom staff and the playing staff. Andrew, would I be right in saying that? But also, they've got history of doing that anyway. Do you know what I mean? Throwing yeah. the checkbook. They've had years of doing that. Um, why, are you looking at me when they, why are you looking at me when you say that? Did you see me looking down at the, the fourth screen? I was looking at you. Yeah, exactly. For, for, for the nod. London Irish could be in trouble as well. And... In that sense, it's a massive win for them. There's obviously no relegation, but in the sense of my ridiculous comments of top... Did I say top six or top four? No, you said top six, James. If, oh, Worcester, finish in the, if Worcester finish in the top six, you'll eat your Timberland boots, is what you said. Oh, my now, goodness, mate. like you said, Jim, some of the signings they've made, Willie Hines at nine was outstanding at the weekend. He was class, yeah. Owen Williams as well was great at 10. And, and that's, for me, that's a fulcrum of a team of nine and 10 at times. Kvesic was in the back row, you know, he... He came through the academy there at Worcester. He's got the bit between his teeth again. You know, they've made some good signings, but Worcester don't want to get too carried away. It's one win against London Irish at home. And for all our listeners out there, and I said it, I think, previously, Worcester only won one game last year on the field in the Premiership. And that was the first game of the season at home against London Irish. So they... Hence my comments. Hence my comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go, Jim. But I think they're going to be a bit different this year. And it was a great start. Bonus point win at home. Uh, some of the young stars they've got there as well. I just hope they finish top six, Jim. Headline though, where's Ashy? Rumour has it, I have heard on the grapevine, he ain't happy. Worcester ain't happy with him. He's going to be leaving there soon, oh. possibly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, God. Well, I'm desperate for him to get back in the team because I'll, end up, I'll start losing again. Is that genuinely what you've heard, that he's not happy? I generally have heard that, yeah. But Where's we, he going to go? Where, without being horrible to Worcester... Where do you go? Ealing. <laughs> Ealing Trailblazers. Um, I, I don't mean, know. Cov? Coventry? I, I <laughs> why, why are you loving that, Jim? I'm not loving it. I am, because Ash used to come in every single day and call me horrible names and say that I look like a bag of sick. When I was sat there and my Achilles was torn, my rib was broke, my fingers were pointing in different directions, <laughs> and I couldn't even breathe out my nose because it was broken in three places. So he, bloody, deserves it. <laughs> Sale blew uh, massively before coming back and snatching the win against Bath in the end, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Some good youngsters again. We spoke about them last year. Rafi Quirk was unbelievable for Sale, making breaks for fun. You know, obviously, you, you talk about depth and squad depth and bringing through the youngsters. Sale seemed to have that down to a T at the minute. Obviously, Fafter Clerk is your starting nine. He's the, one of the best nines in the world. But to have Rafi Quirk coming off the bench for him and now actually when Faf's away a lot, taking over and running the ship he, he was brilliant he really was and uh, listen there's a lot of headlines around Cipriani going back to sale on his first game 
Sips went off. He got absolutely smoked by Van Rensburg in a fair tackle. Uh, just as he's passing the ball, he's taking the ball to the line. Van Rensburg has flown out the line and has absolutely smashed him in half. Um, and then Sips has gone off. And actually, at the time, Bath was 17-6 down, I think, and, and really chasing the game a little bit early on. They brought on Orlando Bailey. He went pretty well at 10. Uh, but for, for Sharks, I didn't put them in the top four. And I'm now... When I could see that Bath had pulled themselves back into the game and were ahead with about five to go, I'm thinking, yeah, exactly. That's why I didn't put them in the top four. But then some of the youngsters come in and Kieran Wilkinson comes on at 10 um, and slots the winner, which was great for him. Easy kick, but pressure kick still. Um, Sale are going to be good. I just I just worry about them at 10 a little bit. If AJ McGinty's not there and he's away with the USA at the minute and you know, there's so much pressure on him. Talking of Bath, Andrew, I had a call with Bath last week. Um, oh, yeah? To play again? No, not to play again. And uh. it was it was all business. And Hoops called me out, mate, or called us out, but he called me out because I was on the call about being horrible last season on the arousing speech. So I denied it, obviously. Well, so what did they say? Well, we're just talking to them about potentially some behind-the-scenes stuff. And they're an interesting club, Bath. And I'm sat on the call thinking, please don't mention the arousing speech. Please don't mention the arousing speech. And of course, because he's a proud man and me and Hoops had many a battle against each other. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have played for Scotland. So thank you. He called me out and rightly so. He says that I'm an idiot. He didn't say that I was an idiot. He basically just asked me why I did it. And he had a point, Andrew. Because if it, hey, if the slipper was on the other foot, I would have put him on my hands and asked the question myself. He just said, like, you know, calling me out, like, he's why? Kind of thing. And I was just, I denied, I said, it, I denied, denied, and blamed it on Andy Rowe. <laughs> <laughs> but he'd, he'd seen it anyway. So I don't know whether this is an apology or just an acceptance that I'm a bloody idiot. And uh, we have to be careful sometimes, Andrew, of um, not belittling, but taking the pesh basically out of people who are t- trying to do their job extremely well who are in high pressure environments. So, mate, Stuart Hooper's speech, I'm sorry. It was not arousing at all, and it was quite awkward, and we just chatted about it. So it's yeah. Mate, but, but if you're going if you're going to go around apologising to everyone for having a bit of a laugh on a podcast, then did I say I apologised? I blamed it on Andy Rowe. It was arousing. It, all right, I've said <laughs> <laughs> it was arousing from Saints over the weekend as well. Winning start for them, bonus point win against Gloucester. Fair play again. Only saw the highlights, so I can't judge. It's so difficult to judge a game on the highlights, Andrew. And I know you've been busy into the ruckus this weekend. You probably saw more of it than me. I was impressed with Gloucester. I'll be honest. Hey? Uh, yeah, really? I was impressed with Gloucester. The fact that they stuck in there. What highlights have you been watching? Well, going to Franklin Gardens, one of the best pitches. Is it called Franklin's Gardens? They've sold this. It is. They? Sold, which is, I mean, which you want to do. This, the naming rights, I don't know what the name of the pitches can't keep up. It's like, it's Welford Road. It isn't like macaroni and cheese, whatever it's called. It's called Cinch Stadium at Franklin's Gardens. Cinch! You come, you come down to Cinch. What the fuck? What are you on about? <laughs> Go to fucking Francis Gardens, mate. No, you come to Cinch. Okay. Um, I don't know why it's Span- Spanish or, you know, I'm fluent in, in Portuguese as well. I thought Gloucester were right, were they not? Well, the highlights, they looked bloody good until Woody scored a, a try at the end of the game. Mate, you're watching those highlights and, and thinking Gloucester looked all right. I'm watching those highlights. I'm watching a bit more of the game and just seeing how Saints played their offloading game and Tom Wood... You can't teach an old dog from carve new tricks. Well, yes, you can. His ball handling was phenomenal. I, I genuinely think I watched him at the back end of last season. He like he's getting better still. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Furbank was great at fifteen, uh, and then he moves to ten. Grayson played pretty well at ten. 
Um, they've got some quality youngsters as well. Uh, I think. But go back, th- go back on Gloucester. So from me watching the highlights, I'm just seeing some decent tries. Are you saying that what I've seen is blinded by love? I think so. Yeah, because I watched it and I thought I said Gloucester were going to finish bottom, and that's why they're going to finish bottom. Falling off tackles why? left, right, and centre. Yeah. yeah, falling off tackles left, right, and centre. That you know, listen, it, they haven't recruited particularly well. I know they've got Adam Hastings to come, but personally, I don't think their squad depth is great, and I think they probably finished bottom in it. I mean, we must watch the same stuff, Jim, and just have completely different opinions, which I quite like because you're blinded by the love of the cherry and whites and that speech, that arousing speech you did in the changing rooms a couple of weeks ago. It's fucking Bristol. <laughs> In there, in there, it's fucking no shit, Jim. <laughs> so yeah, I'm watching it going. Gloucester are finishing bottom, and Saints have got a chance to push up and you know compete for top four. The big question around Saints is when the weather is good, they're offloading game and the, the way Boydie likes them to play, and Sam the Bogey Monster Vesti as well. Those boys can play; they can fizz it around. It's the nitty-gritty tough stuff in the winter months that they, they they got caught out a little bit last year in their power game when you need it as well. Um, so, yeah, Gloucester bottom, Saints, decent day at the office. Do you guys want to have a game? Guess the go at? You want to, you want to have a yes. play there again? All right, so if you're listening to this for the first time, um, welcome for a start. Uh, week two, Gertie, you're up. I've got a sports star in mind, and you have 30 seconds, and there's many questions, yes or no, questions to try and work out who the sports star is that's in my mind but let's not paper over last week because i've had some time to reflect i've some, had some time to make excuses emily emma who is called emma randra no radicanu so emma radicanu i do apologize i know you listen to the podcast your parents probably do as well and anyone involved <laughs> in the performance side of your work do as well in the lead-ups last week you said have i seen tv if i read it I was off social media a little bit. I was on Instagram liking pictures <laughs> and looking at my interactions. But in terms of like watching things, I'd, I hadn't seen anything. I did some research on rugby and I was off. My screen time was down to an hour and 57 for Twitter. And <laughs> I hadn't seen much. So I do apologize. I've completely embarrassed myself. In, the, in a sporting sense, question of sport will never ask me. Well, they wouldn't have never asked me anyway. Done it twice. Of course you have. Sandra Good. I bet you don't go on there again. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, well, you might do. If you, hey, if you guess the go at today, you might get on there. Ready? Go. Uh, man? Yes. Uh, football? No. Rugby? No. Tennis? No. Golf? Oh! No. Oh, yes. Oh, jeez. Uh, NBA? No. NFL? No. Swimming. Oh, no, I can't tell anything. Um, swimming. What <laughs> no. other sports are there? Shooting. No. What other sports are there? Oh, geez. No chance. Um, athletics. Michael Jordan. Uh, no. Michael uh, Maha. No. Uh, Usain Bolt. How am I meant to get it now? So, what sports? Hang on, let me dice it. So, Andrew, you've not got it. I'm just saying. Just let you know. Guess the go at, and you did not get it. So, hang on. Let me just... I don't have any time on there. It's not time pressures, is it? No, but you don't get any questions either. You just have to have a guess. No, i just got to think. Lewis Hamilton. Yes! <laughs> lies. Lies. I don't Swear. believe this. Swear Absolute lies. on my life. Swear on my life. I didn't, even, life. Think I I didn't even think of F1. didn't even think of F1. I've absolutely uh, smashed it. Genuinely, hand on heart, that was a guess. Fair play. <laughs> it's called Guess the Goer. I swear on my life. Andrew, if you look at me honest, down I'll the barrel that. now. I'll take I that. I swear. 
It's called Guess the Goat. Now, Goat to Goat, as in Hamilton to Hamilton. I've just that's a great <laughs> shout, actually, Jim. That is that's a great. great. Shout. I was going to say I was going to say Schumacher because I'm about to watch his documentary. But yeah. um, I've absolutely. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've been this happy ever. That was amazing, Jim. That was amazing. I couldn't believe I didn't say F1. When you start listing the sports, would you, if you said F1, would you have got it? Do you think? Um, probably no. Not. There you go. No, probably not. not. In Thirty seconds. There you oh, go. It, you do get the panic, don't you? When you can't get the sport, you're just like, oh, it's impossible. Well, there's a bit of international rugby going on at the weekend as well, wasn't there? What do you make of Australia's win over the Springboks in the uh, rugby championship? Our Australia beating them like that. Well, they played really well, actually. Uh, Corribietti was unbelievable. They had a load of power, the Aussies, and it's great to see them back. Listen, the Aussies, without beating around your bush, Jim, the Aussies have been shit for the last four years, haven't they, in reality? And you feel for Michael Hooper who just is a warrior week in, week out. But sometimes he's looking around going, I ain't got anyone else that can do anything. But now they've got a bit of confidence. The South Africans have come over. They're still playing the, the way they played against the Lions. And this is the thing. Teams have got to be adaptable. And I can't see how the Springboks are adapting at all to what's in front of them. And I think they played the All Blacks this week. My God, that could be an absolute hosing as well. Listen, South Africa have got to change something. You know, it's got to be their mentality. I'm not saying change all your players, but you've got to shift your focus. They need the water boy back. Where is his greatness, Razzy Erasmus? With no water boy, they're losing games. Get him back. Did you understand Quade Cooper's tweet or not? Shall I read it out for the masses? Can you read it out, James? It doesn't stop. It's a continuous process, which I get. That's obviously life, you know, second to second, minute to minute, hour to hour, man to man that you can make your new norm with consistent discipline each day. Basically, just stay disciplined. I get that bit. Improvement, open dash, achievement. Get that. This bit blows my mind. Now, it's so methodical, philosophical, and... Philosophical, thought that word is it, James? Thought for, yeah, it is. Thought-provoking. Trust God, but always tie your camel up. So what's he saying? Is he questioning God that he wouldn't tie his camel up? Or is he talking about camel toe? What's going on? <laughs> I don't, I, this is the thing, though. So it, I think that's a contradiction. Because if you trust Cod... He would tie your camel up. Your camel's all right, mate. Where have you put him? Isn't he just saying that you can pray all you like, but if you don't put in the work, you're not going to get the result? Isn't that just what that means? What, tying well, your camel I, up? I, 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 who's tying camels up? <laughs> camels should be roaming free in the desert. But it depends. I think this is it. I think the clue is in the camel toe. I mean, the camel. Your camel nose, camel toes. Well, new United Rugby Championship gets underway this weekend. Jim, you're excited. What are you What are you expecting from it? Yes, I am excited. I'll put it out there. I'm commentating on a lot of the games. But also, I've got to be true to myself and our listeners. The format is... Still impossible to work out. But nonetheless, it's rebranded. Rock Nation are involved. And hopefully, as it unfolds, it will become clearer. I'm a simpleton, right? Believe it or not. You're not, James. Shock. Shock. You, no, see, you're You not. were shocked. You were shocked that I said that. But trying to work out how these cross-pool things work and with stuff around COVID still and the travel, it's, it's going to have its challenges is what I'm trying to say. But I am excited about it. I am. And I can't wait to see the South African teams in that format, I'm commentating on the big one at the weekend, Edinburgh versus Scarlets, and away we go. Big signing for Ulster as well, Dwayne Vermeulen. Huge. 
Yeah, huge. And then I didn't realise he was that old. Did you? Why are you being horrible? He ain't come. He ain't just come for a paycheck, Jim. Why are you being horrible? Why are you saying that? Because I tweeted about it and people called him out again. And I don't know whether because I've read the comments and stuff, I start second guessing myself. Yeah. Um, Thirty-four. Yeah. Obviously battered himself. Yeah, I do think he's a quality player. So I'm sticking to my guns and I'm sticking to my tweet. Unbelievable. Wow. Huge. Holy smokes. Massive roster. Obviously losing Marcelo Kutsia, uh back to South Africa. You know, we've lost another awesome South African, um, Irish number eight, and CJ Stander, who's retired as well. So Dwayne Vermeulen, Duane Vermeulen, absolutely love him. Uh, when he's back fit playing for South Africa, he'll be back in the URC. Can't wait. Well, let's finish things off then with the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah, let's do that. Loads of good this week. Uh, we're going to start off in Australia again. Uh, they got the good last week. They don't get it this week because I kind of expected them to beat South Africa again. But they came up with an even better performance and a more convincing win over the world champion Springboks. Uh, so tip the slipper to them. Sticking with Australia, Michael Hooper. It was his 60th game as skipper of Australia at the weekend, surpassing George Gregan as the player who's captained Australia the most times. So um, big tip of the slipper to Michael Hooper. Ulster, they get a mention of the goo this week. We just mentioned it, signing Dwayne Vermeulen. Uh, a massive shout out to them. Biritz down in France. And a fan of the show, the owner, Louis Vincent Garve. Great bloke. Get the odd message here or there on Instagram. They beat Racing this weekend, 28 points to 19. And, uh, you know, a hell of a performance from those boys again. They've taken to the top 14 pretty well since their promotion last year. Uh, what else was good? Oh, three of my old clubs now. I just don't know which way to put them in. don't know what order to put them in, James. Three of my old clubs. Can you pick all three clubs that I'm going to mention now? Well, it's not going to be Newcastle. Even though Adam Radwan, man, has <laughs> scored a couple of tries. He looked class. It ain't going to be Newcastle. Worcester, potentially, because that'll be their big win of the season. I'm joking. I'm joking. It might be Saracens because of the Bristol's win away at Bristol's. And it might be Leicester. I'm going to say, I think you're going to try and peel back this season. You're going for Saracens. Well, I'm not, James. Breve got oh. mentioned the good this week as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had a good one over in the top 14. Let's go with them. Worcester get a massive shout out this week. Uh, bonus point win in round one. I hope they finish in the top six. So Jim has to eat his Timberland goose, Timberland boots, get the marinating Jim because I'm praying that Worcester finish top six this year. And we, we can do some footage around that, some content. Maybe we'll get Timberland to sponsor you eating their boots. That would make me very happy. Um, what else was good? Saracens dominating Bristol's uh, on Friday night. Alex Lazowski, 21 points, the most he's ever scored in a premiership game. It's a big shout out to Saracens. They don't win the Gouda this week. That goes to the mighty Leicester Tigers. They dismantled Exeter at the weekend. Nick Dolly mixture scored two tries on debut. They looked like they were back. Leicester are back. The fans are back. Mattioli Woods, Welford Road, just to get the full sponsors in, was absolutely bouncing. The corporate hospitality is going to be bouncing this year there. So Leicester Tigers, they get the good this week. Error. The bad. A few bits of bad, actually. Uh, we're going to start off with the Springboks. Bang average performance again, getting dismantled by Australia. We're going on Lidwatch again. James, Where? we did a lid watch. Lid watch, yeah. We did a bit of this last year. Some horrific lids to start round one of the Premiership. Kyle Rowe from London Irish. Have a look at his if you get a chance. Who else was bad? Harry Wells plays in the scrum cap, came off when he got simbined. Horrific lid under the scrum cap. But the winner of the worst lid this week goes to Tom Dunn. If you get a chance, 
have a look at Tom Dunn's lid. Shaved the top, bicked the top so it's as short as it can be, and he's just left a massive patch at the back of his head. Like, what are you doing, Tom Dunn? Have a, you're a hooker. Don't worry about your lid. Shave it all off. Bring your boots. Bring your shoulder pads. Bring your gum shield. And have a goo. So they get a mention the bad this week. Uh, what else is bad? We're going to go to France. Uh, Stade Francais, played three, lost three. Getting absolutely hosed down at Toulon, 38 points to five. Perpignan haven't taken to the top 14 particularly well either. They lost 47 points to three at Lyon. So pretty bad news to them. But here's a surprise for you, James. What? I'm going to put a team in the bad that often gets a mention in the good. The bad this week goes to the mighty Bristols. Not so mighty on Friday night. For two reasons. One, their performance. They got dominated at home by Saracens. Very lacklustre, very rusty. But the reason for that, didn't play any pre-season games. They're always in the good, or quite often they're in the good. So I just thought it's my only chance to put them in the bad. So Bristols get the bad this week. Uh, and then the ugly, two bits of ugly. Um, both coming out of France, surprisingly, James. I know the one that you're going to talk about, and I'd be keen to throw a few lines onto this one that aren't going to be liked, but here we go. You go. Right, so the first one is Reino Peterse's ridiculous, mindless, flying Exocet missile late hit for cast against Bordeaux. Red card, straight red card. No Back doubt in the about day. It. Back in the day, that is Gouin, full noise, 30-man brawl. Actually, cast players couldn't really defend him, could they? So he'd have just got filled in completely, but no one can throw a punch anymore, so it's going to be a red card. But yeah, I mean, what are you thinking there? Well, he's lost his head. His timing's out. I can't see it albeit Nigel Owens putting a tweet out there and a few other people putting a tweet out there, how it is a lengthy ban. I've seen worse things on a rugby pitch. If you break it down, Chikawa, his timing's off by a second, a couple of seconds. Even if he hits him high, as Luku's kicked it, he's jumped in the air after, which has made it look a lot worse. I'm not defending the bloke at all. I'm not defending his actions, but it's not a lengthy ban. I think 10 weeks at least, 10 or 12 weeks. And it all depends well, on his discipline. I've been banned a couple of times for our weeks. I don't see that. As <laughs> Is that <bad>. not? <laughs> I'd say six months. I'd say six yeah. months is a lengthy ban. No? Yeah. You're right. Well, I'm going sort of ten or twelve weeks. It's you know it's ludicrous. He's committed to the tackle once he's known that Luku's kicking it. If you watch the video footage, and he's flown off his feet like an Exocet missile. Dangerous play. You know, absolutely no care in the world for uh, Luku. He's just trying to clean him out, and he's lucky. And I say this because people are like, oh, it's a fair challenge. It's just a little bit late. He's lucky he's not knocked his head off. So you cannot leave the ground and dive into a tackle like that. You just can't. Can he do it? So that was the ugly, but it doesn't win the ugly, surprisingly. Something else has come out of France, which is even uglier. Um, do you remember Ludovic Radosevic, the Claremont scrum off? No. You don't remember him. Well, I commentated a lot on the top 14. He played a fair bit for Claremont. Anyway, ex-Claremont number nine. He's now playing at Provence uh, in the south of France. Prodi de. Uh, he made racist remarks against Neva's Cameroonian wing, Christian Ambandiang. And I don't really want to say what he said, but he had a 52-week ban reduced to 26 weeks because he said he was guilty, admitted it. So racist abuse on the rugby field. Did say Abs- that. Did say absolutely that. no place for it. So Ludovic Radosevic. You get the ugly this week. Thanks, Goody. And you guys are going to couple of shout-outs to finish off with as well, don't you? Yeah, got a big shout-out to Charlie Nilsson and four of his mates who are running 133 miles over three days from the west of Devon to the east along the south coast. He's fundraising in his dad's memory after his dad died with pancreatic cancer. He was a massive Exeter Chiefs fan and a massive supporter of women's rugby. 
If you want to help out Charlie, you can just check out the page. It's justgiving.com slash fundraising slash Charlie dash Nilsson. Yeah, a massive shout out to Charlie. And finally, a huge shout to everyone at Henley Hawks Rugby Club who have set up a GoFundMe page after the very sad news. One of their locks, Dave Hyde, died from a heart attack at the age of 29 after their first game of the season. Loads of stuff's been going around on social media. Um, It's very sad. He's left a wife and a young son. And if anyone can help out any way they can, go on GoFundMe, which is a page they've set up, and type in Dave Hyde. Any help will be hugely appreciated. They're up to 70000 but we need to try and raise as much money as we can because a very sad story, a lovely bloke, a guy that was the heartbeat of the club, unfortunately passing away from a heart attack after their first game of the season. So we wish Dave Hyde's family, his wife and his young son all the best. Yeah, absolutely, hero. I saw that and yeah, it was shocking. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Patricia Tristan. And thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube and make sure you've subscribed on Spotify. How to save a life. I saved Andy Rowe's life. Uh, Rugby spot. Spotted pod, 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 pod. Andy Rowe, rest up. Get back from my beta. Say you're sorry. Hopefully the missus still wants to marry you and we'll see you next Monday. Refreshed, regenerated and in a better state of mind than you are now. I just need a cuddle. (laughs) 